And let's pray together as we get ready to receive God's Word. Lord, we thank You for Your truth. We thank You for this Word that, as You promised, it never returns void. So would You now do a work through it? And, and what we have not, God, give us. What we know not, teach us. And what we are not, make us. We pray You will do this for Your glory and our blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are finishing this series, and I pray that as we have uh, gone through this season together, this Advent season, there, there's been spiritual growth in your life. Every season provides opportunity for spiritual renewal. There's something significant about the Christmas season because it is during this time that we focus on one of the core doctrines of our Christian faith, and that is Christology, the doctrine of Christ. Without a right understanding of who Jesus is, we really have no hope. And so it's crucial that each year we take time to be, to be mindful of the fact that God became flesh, 100% God, 100% man, to bring salvation and healing to all who believe. Now we know that this season is not necessarily, it's not something that the, the Bible prescribes or demands. We know this is a tradition that during the month of December we, we celebrate the Incarnation, that on December 25th we celebrate the fact that God was born and, and came in that manger and the miracle of God began as, as new life came into reality so that we could have eternal life. And, and we, we know all of that, but it's crucial that we really pull ourselves back and, and really have a close look and consideration of our own lives. Every year we take a different vantage, and this year we've been looking at the, at the perspective of the shepherds and how they interacted with this young couple, Mary in particular, how they had to talk one another into going and, and to seeing the miracle that the angels had, had, had told them about. They had, to, they had to bring one another to Jesus. And then they, they were able to tell about what Christ had done, and they, they were able to celebrate it together. And then Mary, having been in their midst, she began to, to wonder and to treasure in her heart and to ponder what it was that, that God was doing at that moment and what He was going to do. And today we want to finish by giving consideration to the fact that the shepherds were now ready to celebrate Celebrate. Celebration is a crucial part of the Christian faith. If you're not celebrating, you've not understood it rightly. It's meant to be a party. It doesn't mean there's not going to be dark times, but what it does mean is there's always reason to have hope. And so I pray today as we look at God's Word, you'll be encouraged. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to the, the Gospel of Luke. We're going to look for a final time here in chapter 2 and give uh, some sense of an understanding of what the, what the shepherds did in preparation for celebration. Let's all stand together. Uh, Reagan's going to come and, and read our scripture for us. We're in Luke chapter 2, and we're specifically in verse 20. And so, Reagan, if you would, read verse 20 for us. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Reagan. If you would, go ahead and, and be seated. Keep your Bibles open. I'm going to take you towards the end of the message here to a couple of texts that I want you to see on top of this one. But I want you to be able to, to take note of what's going on here. You know, a question I hear, and I'm sure you have heard over the last few days, uh, is this, are, are you ready for Christmas? In the first service, a young child yelled out, Yes! As if to say, get on with your work, man. We've got things to do, all right? I get it. We're moving here. I'm working here, people. Are you ready for Christmas? Now, 
what I've heard people say when I've heard that, what I've, what I've sort of inferred from their, from their question and from the way it was asked and where it was asked was, they were asking, have you bought all the Christmas gifts that you're supposed to buy? Have you bought all the groceries that you're supposed to buy? Have you made all your traveling plans that need to be made? Have you made all your party plans? Are you ready for all that's coming? And, and who's going to be there? The, the arguments, the sadness, the, the laughter, the, the game. Are you ready for all the stuff? That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, are you ready, are you prepared to celebrate the fact that the King of Glory has come? Are you ready to engage life in light of the light of the world entering into our reality? You know, I love to watch sports, and one of the things I love to see is pregame. You know, you see it in, in almost every sports these days. You see, you see guys yelling at each other and high-fiving and doing crazy basketball handshakes and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, and they're asking, you know, are you ready to play? Are you ready to play? What they're not asking is, do you have all your equipment? What they're not asking is, have you memorized all the plays that we're going to be running today? That's not what they're asking. What they're asking is, are you mentally and emotionally and physically ready to engage in this reality and to do what it is you have been gifted and capable of doing? When I ask you, are you ready for Christmas? What I'm asking you is, are you mentally and emotionally and physically ready to celebrate the fact that God Almighty has been has come and to be ready to engage in this spiritual reality. We celebrate Jesus best when we do three things. And I think you can see this in the text today, and I want you to join me in it and taking note. The first is this. We celebrate Jesus best by, first of all, telling others. By telling others. You look in the first part of verse 20. These, remember, remember the context. Remember, these shepherds, they were minding their own business. Angels show up. The, the king of glory has been born. Go and see this thing. They had to talk each other into doing it because it was kind of scary. They were pretty busy. They had other things to do. They had to go. And, and then they talked about it. And it made Mary ponder and, and, and treasure these things in their hearts. And then, look what they had to do. They had to come from this miraculous experience. And look what the text says. And the shepherds returned. They went back from this mountaintop, life-changing moment. They came out of this celebration that, that, was, that was a part of angels singing and, and, and this glorious birth. But then they went back to their jobs. They, they went back to their friends. They returned to the places where they were from. But they were different now. They were radically different Many of you will be returning to the places you are from. Some of you have returned, and you're here now. You've returned to the place where you're from, to these old friendships, these old family relationships. You've returned. Are you any different? Has God done a work in your life worth talking about? Is there something that you can tell? See, there's going to be some questions asked over the next few days. People are going to, they're going to say, so, hey, how you doing? Hey, how are things going? Hey, hey, what's new? And in your southern way, even you northerners, you probably learned it by now, you're going to sit in your southern way. You're going, we're fine. We're fine. We're good. How are you doing? Nothing new. What's going on with you, girl? I don't think they do that anymore. But remember they used to do that? And it's just going to be this real easy way of saying, hey, I'm going to say I'm fine. 
You say you're fine. Let's pretend that we're all fine. Let's not get too deep into conversation. Let's just smile, wear our ugly sweaters, and move on. I wonder, and I pray that this question now haunts you. When someone asks you, hey, how you doing? How are things going? What's new with you? That you would, you would consider answering the question spiritually, honestly. What would happen if you took that nonchalant question and answered it spiritually, honestly? What, what would you say? I mean, would, what would you say about what God has taught you this year? Has God answered any prayers in your life this year? Could you, could you speak to that with people who ask you, hey, how are things going? What's new? Has your way of life been different? Have you seen someone transformed by the power of God? The reality is, if I'm asked that question, if I answer it spiritually, honestly, what, what I'm going to have to say is, after 30 years, this is my 30th Christmas as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that the thing that has come back to me that keeps ringing true in my heart and mind this year is that God is not only engaged in the micro level of my life, but in the macro level of, of the entire world. Because when I read this birth narrative, it amazes me. I am in awe of the fact that God took care of the intricate details of Mary and Joseph's life. I mean, that could have ended in divorce. That could have ended in an abortion. That could have ended in Mary being killed. That could have ended in a family feud. That could have ended awfully. But somehow, some way, miraculously, God showed up in the details. God protected their marriage. God protected the, the wonder of the miracle of Christ the incarnation in her womb. God protected even family relations. She was able to go and hide out at Elizabeth for a while. And even there, a miracle took place that reminded her of the reality that God was at work in the world. Let me ask you, what's God doing in your life? See, I am, I am amazed that God is at work in my life these days. After 30 Christmases, there's still something new that's happening. I can see intricate details of God's plan unfolding. The details of me, a nobody's life. God is interested, just as He was in the lives of those shepherds, just as He is in your life, just as He was in the life of Joseph and Mary. And meanwhile, He's at work in this macro level. I mean, you think about the miracle of God that got this virgin to Bethlehem so that the Christ could be born as God promised in the Old Testament. It took a government census. God was at work in the government in a worldwide way to get this young teenage girl and her betrothed in Bethlehem to fulfill a prophecy that was written 400 years before His coming. Friends, I want to tell you, God has plans for your life and He's at work. He's at work in the very minute details. He's also at work all around you in broad ways. Can you see it? Are you aware of it? Are there changes that are happening? Can you talk about it in a measurable way? See, what, what, what enables us to celebrate Jesus best is telling others about what has happened. And what has happened is an object reality that creates praise. So write it down. We celebrate Jesus best by praising God. Not only do they return, they return, they return changed. And the transformation that was taking place in their life could be seen in, in the way in which they were now living. Look how they were living. Look back in verse 20. They returned 
glorifying and praising God. And look what they were praising Him for. For all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They, they, they had a personal story to tell, yes. They had a miraculous story to tell, yes. Angels showed up. They told us about this birth. We saw it just as they explained it. We are now different. We have come to worship this mighty King. Please understand, praising God is not just singing a song. It's not singing a collection of songs. Praising God is not speaking doctrinal truth. Praising God is not just being at the right place, going through the motions. Praise happens when the object reality of truth engages our minds and moves our affections and then is expressed through our bodies. It's not just the words we say and the songs we sing. It's the lives we live. Praise is living hopeful and being helpful. Praise is believing in an object reality that has taken place and it has moved our hearts that now moves our hands. It is a head, heart, hands reality that, that brings glory to God as we praise Him for what He has done. And what has He done? He's brought good news. Friends, please understand that Christianity, Christianity is not a place where we gain advice. What the, what the shepherds went to see that day was not an, a, a, an, an idea of maybe what you ought to do. It wasn't a feel-good speech. It was a reality. It was a fact. What makes Christianity Christianity is a reality of fact. It's news. It's completed. It's done. God has entered the world. God became one of us to live the life we could not and would not. He has died for us. He has been raised. And so now we have all that we need to have joy, to have hope, to have love, to have peace. Because in His death, our sin is forgiven. In His life, we have freedom. Not only is God our Savior, He's our liberator. And now we have the capacity to be free to walk with the living God because of what He's done. Let me ask you, does that describe your life? A man, a woman, a boy, a girl, who has been eternally changed by the good news reality of the coming of Christ. See, in order for that to happen, you have to receive the gift. Many of you have, have gifts that have been bought for you. Here's the deal. If, if someone gives you a gift in the next 48 hours, and you see it, and you see its worth, and you see how great it is, but you don't receive it, it does you no good. It does you no good. You have to receive that gift, and then you have to wear it, even if Grandma bought it. Right? Even if it's a little snug or a little loose. You've got to wear it. So it is with the gospel. You've got to receive it. You've got to receive it in. You've got to receive it on, because the righteousness of Christ not only comes into your life, it covers your life. And it's new. It brings new life. And what I want you to know is that praise, that new life, it's just the beginning. See, what these guys had to do, what I want to challenge us to do, and, and what we need to do in order to, to really celebrate Jesus best, write it down. We have to, we have to look forward. Write it down. We, we celebrate Jesus best by looking forward. Look, take out your Bibles and go with me to the book of Philippians. And then stay there. Hold on to that because we're going to go look at one more thing I want to show you this morning. See, those shepherds, they returned 
praising God for the object reality of the good news. But that wasn't the end. That was just the beginning. See, God had revealed something to them to change them, to, ena- to enable them to, to be a part of His kingdom work, to bring love and hope in, into reality to the lives of those shepherds and their family members and friends. And, and so it is with us. God, God is seeking to do work. If you've been born again in Christ, God's not finished with you yet. Look what it says in Philippians 1.6. Because I am sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. All of us in this room, when we were born, we were not left to our own devices. Someone took care of us. You had a, you had a mother or a father or, or a family member or, or an adoptive family or a friend. Someone took care of you. The fact that you're here is proof that when you were born, someone took care of you. And through your childhood, someone took care of you. And even now, someone is taking care of you. It may be a family member. It may be a friend. My mother took care of me. And now my wife takes care of me. We care for each other. But there's nothing like the care of God. If you are a child of God, the living God is caring for you. He's taking care of you. And let me tell you how he's doing that. It's not by removing from you sorrow and pain and difficulty. It's by seeing you through it all to transform you into the image of Christ. Listen, some of you are coming out of a year, and some of you are thinking to yourself, Lord, thank you for seeing me through it, but thank you, God, it's over, right? Don't you imagine that Mary felt kind of like that that night? Lord God, thank you that I was allowed to carry your son. Thank you that I wasn't killed. Thank you that there wasn't a divorce. Thank you that these grimy shepherds have left. Now, thank you that that's over. Now, now let's get on with what's next. And I want to encourage you to be thinking that way, but understanding. You're going to have trials this year. You're going to have thorns, and you're going to have to carry crosses if you're a disciple of Jesus. But through it all, God is at work transforming you into the image of His Son. He who began a good work in you, He's going to carry it out to completion. God is at work in you. Understand, you are that dwelling of God. You are God's house. Becoming a Christian is like becoming a homeowner. And when you become a homeowner, one of the things, if you stay in your house long enough, you realize from time to time you have to update stuff. How many of you have ever had to update something in your house? Painting, construction, Okay, wake up. How many of you have ever had to update something in your house? There we go. Good. We, we did that this year. We, we painted a room. We got some furniture in the room. And I was, we were so pleased with it. It was so great. We were looking at it and said, man, doesn't this look great? And I kind of stepped back and I looked at it. And from that room, I could see another room. And I was so happy with this room. But then all of a sudden, it was like, but what about this? What are we going to do about this? Now that we have this, this looks terrible. And we don't have any more money. So now what are we going to do? This looks awful. So, so now we gotta, we, now we got to take our gaze away from what has been, and you got to start looking forward to saying, okay, now, well, what are we going to do with this? God does the exact same thing with us. See, God takes our lives, those dirty places that need an overhaul, and He brings renewal. But here's the thing. 
As soon as God brings about change in one aspect of your life, and there's victory, and, and, there's, and there's, there's this healing or this strengthening, you will become aware of another area where there needs to be work. Just like in redoing a house. Now look, if you're complacent in your Christian walk, if you're completely comfortable or indifferent, here's what I can tell you has happened to you. You have stopped joining God in His renewal work in your life. If you're bored with God, it's because you've given up on the work that God wants to do in you. And rather than actively engaging in, in, the, in the transformation process that God wants to bring in your life, you basically said, hey, it's good enough. It's good enough. I know it's dirty. I, I know it needs to be renewed. I know it's dark. I, I know it's not what God wants. But you know what? It's just going to have to do. It's no way to live. I will tell you, the moment transformation begins to happen, God changes one aspect. You're going to want to see another aspect change. And that's the work of the Spirit of God in your life. Is God's Spirit at work in your life? Please understand that you need to be ready. Because look at look real quick. Back to verse 6 of Philippians 1. He will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, please understand that there is a day coming, a day of accounting. I'm not talking about your tax day. I'm talking about your judgment day. When you will give an account for your life. And then there's going to be a glorious victory. Take your Bibles. I want, to, I want to speak to you. One last point I want you to see as we, as we get done with this series. Go to Revelation with me. I want to show you something. Revelation chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. We are, most of us, about to gather around a decorated tree and celebrate the fact that Christ has come. Giving gifts, that tree symbolizes new eternal life, the evergreen, the everlasting life. The light, the light has come. And we gather around that tree and we remember Christ has come. Guys, those of us who believe, we are one day, again, we are all going to gather around a tree that's going to be decorated unbelievably. And it's going to bring about a transformation that, that is indescribable. Look at Revelation 22, beginning in verse 1. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Friends, there's going to come a day when we will gather around a decorated tree. The fruit will bring the healing of the nations, and there will be peace on earth, goodwill toward all men, just as the angel said there would be. But only those who have received the gift of Christ will enjoy it. And what God wants to do right now, He wants you to look forward into 2018, into this upcoming week. And He wants you to allow Him to show you, we need to redo this part of your marriage. We need to rethink what you're doing at work. We need to update your devotion time in the morning or in the evening. We need to, we need to upgrade. You've got to get out of your complacency and you've got to start growing. You've got, to, you've got to be renewed in the hope of the gospel. And you need to figure out how God wants to bring about that change. And if God has not been bringing change into your life, it's going to be difficult for you. You've gotten complacent. It's hard to wake up. But wake up you must. Wake up to the reality that God is at work. Receive the gift of eternal life if you have not. Be ready to join God in what He's doing. And let's celebrate Christmas. Are you ready to celebrate Christmas? 
Are you ready to tell of what God's done in your life, to praise Him for the work, and to look forward to what He has in store for you? Friends, there is no greater gift. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, we thank You for the great gift You've given to us in God Your Son, Jesus Christ, Messiah. We thank You that through faith we can be saved. And I pray for some who are here now that they would come and get on their knees as we sing of that silent night when You came. And they will ask You to forgive them and to give them new life. I pray for some of my brothers and sisters in Christ who have grown complacent in their walk with You. And there's, there's not been a change so long. They can't remember the last time You changed something within them, spiritually speaking. But Lord, there's some rooms that are dark. There's some aspects of their life that need to be updated. Would You now move them to ask You for forgiveness and renewal? And then, Lord, there's, there's, there's many of us who know of miracles that need to be happening amongst friends and families. And I pray today that there would be a, a, a hope given and help to the prayer of your people asking on behalf of those who need new life, who need marriages restored, hearts that have been broken, made new. You need to see a vision for what you have for this upcoming year. A year of hope and healing that you, you alone can bring. Lord, that's all possible because you showed up that night just as you promised you would. So may we with the confidence that you kept that promise now ask you to fulfill your other promises in our lives that you will conform us to the image of Christ. And would you give us that new life? We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're welcome.